0: This is Crime Connections and we're your hosts, I'm Jackie and I'm Sarah. So today we will be telling you about two cases that are connected by one man. These are the stories of Margaret Eby and Nancy Ludwig. Now let's get into it. On November 9th, 1986, it was a typical Tuesday night for Dr. Margaret Eby. While we don't know exactly what she was doing, but we could say that the 55-year-old music professor and provost for U of M in the Flint, Michigan location was probably preparing to go to bed for the following school day. She lived alone in a small cottage that she rented from Wren Mott on the
1: Charles Stewart Mott Estate. And the estate is a part of the American Public Gardens Association and is involved with public outreach. It's extremely beautiful, um... The property is extremely beautiful. So if you get the chance to either Google it or if you get the opportunity to go check it out in person, I highly recommend it. Yeah. But on this faithful night, Dr.
0: Evie would not be getting any rest. What happened to her is one of the most notorious cases that the Flint, Michigan community has experienced. Margaret was stabbed multiple times, raped, and nearly decapitated. She was found laying on a heated blanket in her bed, which more than likely would interference with evidence and figuring out the exact time of death she was last reported being seen on November 7th it is not known if her killer had put her on the heating blanket intentionally or if it was by accident because she may have been in bed or getting ready for bed. the Flint police did say that there was no forced entry which made them think that it was someone that she may have known the only other evidence that they had collected was a bathroom faucet which had a fingerprint on it and semen from a rape kit This murder was a huge shock to the community because she was such a big influence to not only her friends and family, but as a music professor. She helped shape the youth's minds and was an inspiration to many young people in the area. Due to the timing and the fact that there were no witnesses, Margaret's case went cold. There was a partial print and DNA, but unfortunately, DNA just wasn't what it is today. And... It wouldn't get there until, I believe,
1: 1985. It wasn't even useful in court until 1987 or something Exactly, like that.
0: yeah. So, well, and not only that, but Michigan was typically slower when it came to new technology. Right. So they also had that against them.
1: And, like, everyone was very skeptical when DNA first became a thing, too.
0: Exactly, especially in the court. The locals and families have also said that they felt as though Dr. Eby's case may have been put on the back burner or forgotten quickly because just 90 days after she was murdered there was a huge killing of six cocaine drug ring men and which was a huge story in Flint and still is till this day so for 16 years the family and the community had no answers there were many factors that paused the investigation of her case Not because people weren't looking, but because the police department just didn't have the funding to do the DNA testing. The Flint police actually brought in state troopers and created a cold case unit to help solve this case, according to the junior staff sergeant at the time. At the time of the murder, the Flint police ran the fingerprint through the system, But that system only included Michigan, like, it was only a Michigan database, so they didn't get any hits from it.
1: That and, like, you'd have to be in the database to match with someone. Like, it wasn't just everyone's fingerprints. Exactly, yeah. Like, you had to have been a criminal beforehand. Mm -hmm. Or worked at a bank or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few years
0: later, Margaret's son was watching TV and saw on the news that a woman was locally killed in a very similar matter to the way his mother was killed.
1: Hmm. Well, and it wasn't even, like, local in their area. It was, like, 65 to 70 miles away. Local to Michigan. Local to,
0: like, local news. Oh, like, okay, it was okay. on his news. Okay, okay. Um, so he actually called the police up and asked if they could look into it, being possibly linked to his mother. Once Margaret's kids found out who had killed her, they sued the Mott family. They were extremely mad to have found out that someone that they had hired and given keys to wasn't vetted at all. He had just been in trouble in Florida for robbery and other crimes, and if the Mott's family had just vetted him, their mom would still be alive. He had served two years in prison in Florida before coming to Michigan, which is actually how they linked
1: his fingerprints to Margaret's case. And while there was a gap in time for solving Margaret E.B.'s case, the person who committed her murder stayed busy. We would also like to tell you a little bit about Nancy Ludwig and how her story became quite the topic of talk especially for the aviation community in Detroit metro area on February 17th 1991 41 year old Nancy Ludwig was a Northwest Airlines flight attendant she was flying into Detroit for work and planned on staying the night and then heading home the next morning on the first flight home she left the airport on the airport shuttle headed towards the Hilton Airport Inn um, that is now named and we kind of got some um conflicting yeah they were very (laughs) conflicting but
0: answers yeah
1: so so far what we found is the hotel well the hotel's still there we know the hotel is still there it's either the delta hotel by marriott or the radisson um airport hotel around 9 p.m nancy and the other flight attendant on the layover took the elevator from the lobby to the third floor they said their goodbyes and parted ways she headed to her room walking past a noisy ice machine and eventually getting to her room which was room 354 at an end of a long hallway and it was also located near the stairwell police say that the man that murdered nancy forced his way into the room as she was entering they believe he was hiding in the stairwell that was right near her room waiting for the chance to take advantage of her once they were in the room he tied nancy up with twine Stabbed her repeatedly and raped her multiple times. Just like in Margaret's case, her throat was slit to the point that she was nearly decapitated. She had multiple defensive wounds, but despite her efforts to defend herself, he overcame her. She laid lifeless in her own pool of blood until the hotel realized the next morning that she did not check out. The housekeeper walked past her room multiple times and never checked it due to the Do Not Disturb sign on the door. When the housekeeper did go up to check and see why she hadn't checked out yet she realized that she was murdered or something terrible had happened so she called the police right away and despite the quick investigation that had taken place little was to be found because the killer took almost everything all of her belongings her crew luggage her identification photos of her husband and stepdaughters and her address book and i'm talking when i say everything i mean the sheets the towels and right down to the trash can liners for the trash can and it was said that he spent a considerable amount of time in there but he did forget a few things he tried to clean up after the murder wiping nancy down with a washcloth and taking the items that he had brought with him like the twine that he used to subdue her he took those things with him um so he he had to have spent a considerable amount of time just because like you're not going to walk out of a hotel that's you know, has flight crews coming in, regular like people like staying in Detroit. You, you can't walk out covered in blood. That's just, someone's going to see you. Even if you go out the back way, someone's going to see that. But what he did leave behind was enough DNA and some fingerprints. And just like in Margaret's case, DNA was not fully developed just yet. There were multiple tips and eyewitness statements that came in regarding a man loading what looked like Northwest Airlines flight attendant uniforms and luggage into a Chevy Monte Carlo. Um, There were also reports of a strange man in the hotel shuttle staring a little bit too long. And despite all of this, neither of these tips ever panned out. And they could never locate either of these mysterious men. Um, There were also some issues, which I kind of thought was a little weird, but it doesn't turn out to be really anything. But one of the hotel employees said she knew Nancy and like they were friends and she was trying to cover up for her boyfriend who also had a Monte Carlo, but her boyfriend didn't do it. We know who did it and she never knew Nancy cause Nancy had never been there before. So it was just really weird. Like she was trying to like include herself or to hide her boyfriend. It was, it was weird. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, I just why something lie? Me. Yeah. Why lie? Like cause just, if he uh, didn't
0: do it, he didn't do
1: it. Period. Right. right. Spencer, what are you drinking?
0: I'm drinking only the best coffee in the Midwest.
1: Can you tell me a little bit more?
0: Yes, the best coffee in the Midwest is from Iron Bean Coffee Company. They are a premium small batch roast to order veteran owned coffee company. They roast their coffee daily to ensure the highest quality product. Depending on your order time, most orders ship the same day that they're purchased. And with this process, Iron Bean Coffee Company delivers the freshest and finest coffees in America.
1: And Crime Connections featured coffee flavor is Stay Awake. It's murderously caffeinated. And, you know, probably due to this
0: case, I would guess that's probably why the hotel changed their name. Because they had a bad rep for this murder
1: yeah and
0: i know when i was reading i was seeing that people had stayed at the hotel that she was murdered in and all the numbers had have been changed since then and where she had stayed is now like a maid supply closet you mean
1: like the numbers for the hotel rooms right? yes yeah okay yeah
0: they've all changed because what i was what I'm assuming is people were going there to stay in that exact room. Oh, yeah. A little weirdos. And trying to... Well, I would honestly guess it would probably be people, like, trying to talk to her spirit. Like ghost hunters and yes. things? Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Which is why it was hard to find the exact name the exact of the name hotel. Because some people were saying it was this one. Some people were saying that one. And we I couldn't find an exact
1: picture of the hotel. Like, the crime scene photos. I couldn't find. But when she didn't show up the following day, her husband, Art, was worried and he knew something really terrible had to have happened because a few hours later the police showed up at his door and from that moment he said his life was never the same. He jumped on the next flight to Detroit to identify his wife. In an emotional interview with the class of the Wayne State University investigative reporting students, Art states that his life was over too. He killed two people that night, Ludwig said. He killed Nancy and he killed me. My life was over as I knew it and we'll link some of the sources below as to where we found some of his interviewing Mm -hmm. um, things but at this point i think we're finally able to tell you who he is Um, the coward behind these two crimes is jeffrey wayne gorton at the times of his crimes he was a married man working for his parents sprinkler company uh, buckler sprinkler systems and because of his job he was given access to homes and personal information such as addresses and security information What's interesting about him, or should I say extremely creepy, is that he had a weird kink, is the best way I can say it. Yeah. Um, And I'm talking stealing underwear from women, not only from the homes that he would break into or the homes he had access to because of his job, but off of women while they were currently wearing them. To the I was point, like, how? How it, would you even do that? I think one of the things uh, there was a lady at a payphone, and she was like using the payphone, and he tried to like rip her panties off of her from underneath her dress. Oh while my she, gosh. Yeah, and so he got caught for that one. So he was in the navy, and he was arrested in San Diego because of this. I'm guessing he got dishonorably discharged. If he was, I in would the navy? assume. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. As tragic as his actions were, if he had not been into this weird kink he wouldn't have been arrested Mm -hmm. and if he wouldn't have been arrested his fingerprints would have never been taken which meant that they would have never been put into the system and he would have never been caught so this one incident linked him back to margaret's and nancy's case exactly so at the time it didn't mean that much other than he was a creepy man but this ended up being a huge factor when it came to solving Margaret Eby's and Nancy Ludwig's murders. The early 90s offered many developments technology-wise. In Germany, they launched APHIS, which is the automated fingerprint identification system, and it wouldn't be until the late 90s the United States hopped on board with this. This system can be used for fingerprint identification and or verification, but in short, this means people committing crimes We'll have a harder time getting away with them. And that's what happened for Jeffrey Gordon Because he committed those weird kink panty crimes. Mm-hmm. They had his fingerprints. Exactly, yeah. Which then tied him back into this. And so APHIS, because it became a national thing and everyone is sharing fingerprints, that's how they got his fingerprints from Florida all the way into Michigan. Yep, because they were finally able to share from state to state. Mm-hmm. Which was a huge development. So, Mr. Gorton believed he was smart enough to get away with his crimes, and yes, both cases did go cold for over a decade, but when he left his DNA and fingerprints at both crime scenes, the DNA that he left behind and the prints that he left behind on Margaret's faucet or in the Hilton Airport Inn, they were linked to his prints that were taken from his less sinister but still creepy arrest for stealing women's panties. We can thank his infatuation with women's undergarments as part of the reason these cases were blown open. Both families kept their loved ones in the media for all of those years. By no means were either woman forgotten about, to the point where Nancy had an $80,000 reward for any information leading to uh, who killed her. Which is huge. Huge, because we've had other cases where we've talked about reward systems for crime stoppers only being like a very low amount for other things mm-hmm. but i don't know if it's because she was out of state and she she worked for a big company like av- the aviation community is huge you are family with everyone so it could have been one of those things where it's like people are not going to stop looking for this person and she was just doing her job minding her business Like I said, both families kept their loved ones in the media for all of those years and by no means were either woman forgotten about. Today we still talk about them. Nancy Ludwig is a case that honestly I did not know about until I started my career as a flight attendant. I remember the day I heard about her case because, to be completely honest, I was horrified. I was my first shift working as a flight attendant and an older flight attendant, which we call them senior mamas. She was like, oh, make sure you're careful going on your layovers because there." did you hear about that flight attendant that got murdered in Detroit? And I was like, what? And I'm thinking this, like, new. Like, mm-hmm. I was terrified. Yeah. And she was like, oh, no, sweetie, this happened a long time ago, but but you just never know. And well, that makes me
0: question, do they teach you anything when you're getting hired into um,
1: so a company? So basically, they just start, like, always check the room, not only for bed bugs, but check the room for, like, creepy people hiding in closets and stuff, um, and yeah, so, I mean, they just are always talking about, like, make sure your situations, like, you're situationally aware of what's going on around you, because you never know, especially, like, it's just, I don't know, It's it's really easy to get lost and caught up in the moment when you're working and you're like, Oh, I just want to go to the hotel and relax. So that's why like they were put so much emphasis on the creepy guy in the hotel shuttle staring too long because she was a beautiful lady. Like I looked at her pictures online, like she's very attractive. And so, you know, maybe he saw her on the shuttle and was like, Oh, I want her. But Mm -hmm. that's not the case. He just was, it was like a kind of an opportunity because yeah, she he was waiting. He was waiting and she would have never they would have never crossed paths otherwise. That's whole, the whole reason I wanted to cover this and so I'd also like to mention and I'm sure you probably would agree that was a big span of time that he went from Margaret to Nancy. Yeah. And he clearly was willing to travel to do these crimes because well, they're about 70 miles apart. Because he was from
0: the Flint area. He worked there, or I would assume because he worked there. Mm-hmm. And obviously he was willing to travel because Detroit, I mean, yeah, it's close, but not
1: Yeah. just down the road. It's not, yeah, it's not just down the road. So that makes a lot of people that know about this case wonder, well, what was he doing in that span? Because that's like, five years-ish. Mm-hmm. What did he do in between those?
0: Yeah, because if he was willing to kill, well, and one of the creepiest things to me is obviously he's a creep. Right. He was literally taking freaking underwear off women as they were wearing them. They were wearing them. But, which is fine. That's creepy. But the creepiest thing to me is the fact that he wiped her down.
1: Yeah. He was probably just trying to, like, I don't know, maybe appreciating what he did or, well, like, cleaning up evidence. But, like, he, I don't know. Well, when I watch, okay, this is, this might sound legit stupid.
0: But when I watch Criminal Minds and they, talk about taking care of the body after it's supposedly like them showing remorse Oh, remorse! and yeah because it's kind of like you're cleaning them and making them presentable? Per- like perfect again like before you did all of what you did oh. so it's kind of like erasing. so that makes me wonder what is that true is did he feel remorse well, i know when he was uh getting sentenced he
1: bawled like Well, and for... Sobbed. (laughs) Yeah. For Margaret's case, he ended up... He did not plead guilty. He just didn't do any... Like, I think it was like no contest or something like that. Yes, yep. Where it was like he did not admit his guilt in it. He just didn't even want to take it to trial. But for Nancy's case, he did go to trial and he's serving three life sentences. Well,
0: yeah. And not only that, but he was going to testify and then he did not... yeah. uh, which I don't know why he changed his mind. I'm sure his lawyer was happy about that because well, there's that would only make
1: his case worse. Right. Well, and there's nothing you can say like your DNA is linked like to both of them, to both of them. And one other like little side thing, just to like really just add on the creep factor. I found out when looking into this man that he also had a room that he locked and he did not let his wife go into this room. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where he kept all his bags of panties. Like, they had hundreds of panties that he had stolen.
0: Oh, my gosh. And, um... Well, then that makes you question, like, are all these women alive still? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They... Those are, like, little trophies. So, like, who do we not know about? And investigators also say, like, you know, we think that there are more, but we don't know for sure. But I would say there's probably more. This is not, like, an off-the-wall off, off the wall situation one time. Oh, know? yeah. Well, Ian...
0: I mean, he did it again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like it was a one and done thing, he did it again.
1: Yeah, and it took them over a decade to figure out who it was. That's a long time. Right, so what about, did he change his style of doing it? Did he go to different places and maybe no one even looked into it because they're like, there's no way this is connected.
0: And unfortunately, there's also, you have to look at homeless people and prostitutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they are not typically reported missing right and if they're not reported missing and that you don't find the body
1: did they even exist exactly they they did to someone at one point but if no one knows where you are and no one knows you did it then no one's ever gonna find out exactly and
0: so i mean he could easily have
1: targeted people like that yeah or i mean he did keep the kind of the same style multiple stabbings slit throat to near decapitation it was like a raping situation for both girls so if there's other cases out there that resemble that MO, honestly, please just send us information. If it's if you have yeah. a loved one that experienced that and they have no links or anything, anywhere. We know this man was in San Diego. We know this man was in Florida. We mm-hmm. know he was in Flint, Michigan and Detroit metro area. So, I mean, there's That's a lot. That's a lot to cover. And all the places in between. So, if you hear if you hear this and you have a story where you're like, I have a family member or a friend or I remember hearing about this for someone local in our area please like let us know and also contact local law enforcement to just be like hey you know even like the smallest tip exactly they, they might not mean that much at that time maybe to you but they could mean something huge huge for sure so while we were looking into Nancy Ludwig's case we knew we had to tell you about Margaret Eby as well but while we were researching their cases we came across more well not more but another flight attendant that was murdered and So please join us next week in our part two as we continue to tell you about more murders in aviation. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys.